You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Years ago. Um, here's the question. Uh, he was the, the Rebbe at that point was, was getting on in years. Um, I don't know exactly what year he passed away, but it was pretty close um, to, to when he passed away. Um, you can look that up um, uh, on your own when the Kloisenberg Rebbe passed away. But this was towards the end of his life. And he was spending here, as you can see, the summer in the camp that was known as Shem Sheres Apleta. One of the things that the Rebbe did after the war was really establish a number of Torah institutions with that name. And I think the name was crucial for people to understand that these were survivors. These were the, this is what's been left. Everyone should know that there's a badge. And he wore that badge and he had the right to wear it. And he wanted people to understand that he reflected what that, uh, that the glory of what that past was and how his refusal uh, to allow the terror and the tragedy to vanquish him. And um, this is summer, summer 1984. Yeah, so I was right, right? He died basically two years later. So it's quite incredible because you know i've mentioned this often alicia and 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 on on these platforms that when we deal with the postgame and we like we look at ravmosha with chuvas from the 30s that it's going to be a different ravmosha than the chuvas from the late 70s and the early 80s i mean that's really obvious especially in the last volumes where you can see uh there's actually whole phrase, phrases that have been left out uh, that Mordechai Tendler, you know, when he wanted to publish it, uh, added the, those words. I have an anecdotal evidence as well about people who actually helped Ramesha write the chuvas when he was was very ill. Um, as far as these chuvas go, there, um, uh, the Kleisenberger Rebbe had a sort of Boswell. Um, he had someone that was his writer and someone that he worked with to get his machshavas, and I've talked about Rav Shmurler. Uh, who was a great Talmud Chacham um, and, and, and wrote Shuvas independently. So a lot of this, I would say, is, 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 is a tribute to Rav Shmurler as well. But, I, but if the Rebbe was too weak, he wouldn't have just written off the Shuva by himself. Uh, this really shows whether the Rebbe wrote every single word here, the way it's uh, transcribed. He definitely was the motivating factor and it's clearly his mind that you're going to see being pushed through. Uh, Rav Asher Weiss, who I think today could probably stand as one of the premier postkes manenu. Um, think of I'm thinking of you, you, you a quick survey, right? You'd say, okay, name the great postkem of today. I think Rav Asher Weiss would probably be always mentioned uh, in the top five. And again, I hate referring to this like the top, you know, five, uh, you know, power hitters in baseball. But I, I, Rav Asher Weiss is definitely has been uh, renowned throughout the world, and rightly so. He uh, attributes a lot of his halachic approach to what the, how the Kloisenberger Rebbe uh, helped him develop and how he studied the Kloisenberger Rebbe himself. So anyway, so here is um, the, the question. We know halacha there are, um, as, you, as, as the Kloisenberg Rebbe is going to point out, there are a lot of kulas that are given for women who have had children. Now, especially when it comes to fasting, even the most homer of the fasts, uh, notwithstanding Yom Kippur, which is Tisha B'Av. 
Now, we're not going to go into the, the, the details like the Koizabrika Rebbe does in a number of other chuvas on this subject about the status of Tisha B'Av and how Homer Tisha B'Av is. Um, and, and, because we know that was it a time, was it like the other fasts that sort of dissipated during the time of Bayesheni? We know from the Pesukim and Zechariah that uh, the, the people who were coming back to develop the Second Commonwealth had questions whether these fast days, which were instituted after the destruction of the first temple, the first base of Mikdash, were still relevant. In fact, Zachary's answer was that, no, you should treat them as holidays because look how things have turned around. But then as things started to crumble and things weren't uh, what they thought it was going to be, then there is a, a question as to when those fast days once again uh, became relevant. And after the second Horbin, um, do they still have the same tokif as something that's mentioned in Divrei Nevi'im? And the, the consensus of the postcom is that they do not. Now, what is that? What does it make a difference? We're going to fast anyway, right? Because it's, 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 it's what the Rabbanon want us to do. It's definitely uh, the Hanhog of Klal Yisrael. Well, not so fast. If, it, if, if, these, the, if the fast day can be shown to be tethered and be an extension of Divrei Kabbalah, something that comes from uh, the scriptures themselves, then you have to be more machmir, even when it comes to a, a suffix or a doubt. Obviously, we're not talking about a suffix in pikuach nefesh mamish. The question is, does, does Tisha B'Av, is it midivrei kabola or is it midirabonon? And uh, the Koizenberger Rebbe has uh, discussions about this uh, and, and shows the various opinions. Now, even if it is divrei kabola, it's not on the level of Yom Kippur. And therefore, the halachas from Yom Kippur do not apply here. Now, on Yom Kippur, which is, of course, a, 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 a tonus that your chayv kares for not fasting for, unless you have reasons, we know the halacha is that a woman who gives birth, she basically has seven days. She gets seven days in which she doesn't have to be fasting. Um, clearly, if she's ill and she, she talks about how ill she is, how hungry she is, that's not what we're referring to. If an ill person is demanding food, uh, the situation changes. And the person says, I know I need the food. It's different. We're what talking about, about nursing. Okay. So I'm, nursing is, is a separate. I want to deal with nursing separately uh, um, at this point. Nursing has to do with, of course, the, the health of the child that she's nursing. Um, and, 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 and that might, you're right, Alicia, that might actually obviate this whole issue because if she doesn't have milk and the child needs the milk to survive, then, 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 then it's a sakana for the child. The post can be really talking really more in terms of herself. Um, now, is that because there were wet nurses? Is that, be, that they definitely wasn't formula in the time of Chazal. There wasn't necessarily uh, other uh, other things that could substitute for mother's milk. But when Chazal speak about the the Yoledes, they're talking about her illness, and and and, and so let's try to consider her uh, irrespective of her child that needs her to be healthy enough and strong enough. So as I said, Anyam Kippur. The halacha is after a week, um, she is considered um, strong enough. Unless doctors tell us things are different, uh, 
she's considered strong enough to be able uh, to be uh, to accept the fast and live with the fast. What's interesting when it comes to uh, even Tishabov, uh, the Kleisenberg Rebbe quotes here the Ramban. The Ramban is quoted by the tour. The Ramban, of course, wrote a work which is underappreciated, and most people you know, see it on their shelves because they probably bought it or got it given to them as a bar mitzvah present, or maybe, is the Sefer Torah Ha'odam from the Ramban. And this is where the Ramban takes a person from illness and the beginning of illness um, through uh, death and beyond and in an individual way, in a communal way. So the Ramban speaks about the fast days, because they are connected to the Chorban, they're connected to Avelis, they're connected to the Avelis all of us have. So the Ramban writes that this idea of, uh, of, 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 a, of a, a mother, a mother for 30 days, we don't need to have any doctors involved, he says. Ein sarach omed, In fact, we just put the food in front of her, we don't ask her, are you hungry, do you need it? That is the Ramban Shita. It's quoted by the Beis Yosef, the Ran, of course, who came from that part of the world where the Ramban's Psokim were accepted, also says that. And um, the Ramah quotes the Dark Moshe, uh, saying he found the same thing in uh, the Magid Mishnah. However, the, um, the Ramah himself in Dark Moshe says, I know the Beis Yosef, his contemporary, seems to be an advocate that when it comes to Tisha B'Av even, that a woman who's had a baby for 30 days, no questions asked, eat normally. You had a baby, eat. He said the Beis Yosef himself, if you look in a couple of simonim later, when it talks about um, what's going to happen this year in terms, or, or I'm sorry, about a bris on Tisha B'Av, talks about the idea of who you, you make Bore Priyagofen at the bris on Tishabov, but who drinks the wine? And it's clear, Ramos says, that Beis Yosef feels that she shouldn't be drinking the wine, that there's a problem giving her the wine, and it might even be better to give it to the child. Now, this gets into a whole discussion about how you can make a brocha on Bar Geffen and give it to a child. And, and he says, I, the Kleisenberg Rebbe says, I, I've written about this in a different context, which is we're not going to talk about. However, the Ramah already indicates that he's not so sure, despite the evidence, that a woman who's had a child shouldn't, if, again, within a week, of course, it's, you, Tisha B'Av is no more homer than Yom Kippur. But should we give her all 30 days without questions asked? That seems to be the opinion of the Beis Yosef based on the Sramban. And that's what is for the Kloisenberger Rebbe going. And again, this was his format, uh, whether it was from Schmerler, who was influencing him, or the Kloisenberger Rebbe himself having such a, um, an organized way of looking at things. This is a question I don't have a great answer to. But the Chuvas, the way they present themselves, are very organized. He says that's what it says in the tour. If you look in the Shulchan Aruch, as you can see here on the screen, again, Chaya Kol Shlo Shimyom, Ein Sarach Omed. Why? Because this ultimately, even though you want to say it's Tisha B'Av, it's from the it's from the Nevi'im, it still has a level of rabbinic law, and therefore, even if you want to say this is one of the most chomer fasts, 
the principle of the rabbis do not create a situation against human health. The rabbis are here to upgrade, to append. They're not here to uh, to to destroy life. Now, here's the where it gets interesting. The Ramo writes that the Minig and Ashkenaz, where he's from, and, and, and he's obviously from Poland, but you know the the um, but again from that area is we fast unless they're really in such pain that you have to worry about sakana not for the baby but sakana for them. Then he says Now. Right away, the Kloisenberger wants to know what do you, what, what did he mean? Hamekalehivsid. You just said the minig is to fast, but if you're mekel, it's not so bad. That already is an anathema to any Pisic. Like what is the minute to fast or not? Well, yeah, the minig is we fast. If you don't want to, it's not so bad. You know, I sometimes give answers like this to my wife, and she says, "Can you give me a straight answer? Like, what should we do? <laughs> is it okay or not okay?" So the Kloisenberger says the way he understands the, the Ramah is the following, that Lahalacha, you should follow this minig. This is the Ashkenaz way of doing things, in the Lithuanian way of doing things. This is our way of doing things, is to fast. However, if this there's a community that has a minig to be meiko, then we shouldn't try to stop them. If, if if they if they have a minig that's sort of like a byproduct, sort of like a an extension of the Sephardish minig, well, let them live with that minig. But it doesn't mean the Kloisenberger says that you can decide, hey, um, I'm going to be mekel. No, there's got to be a minig of in your community, in your city, in your in your country that women don't fast after they've had a baby. Um. The Taz uh, disagrees um, with the Ramah. The Taz says, no, this is not Yom Kippur. Uh, above, no Gzeira. Now, the Ramah's first cousin, or second cousin, perhaps, was the Marshal, Reb Shlomo And I've talked in the past, I, don't want, I want this to be about the Kloiser Rebbe, not about the Marshal and the Ramah, but it's hard for me not to mention their interaction, their connection. You know, the Marshal was this great Rosh Hashiva, and, um, but he wasn't the son-in-law of Shalom Shachna like the Ramah was. And the Ramah, although he was younger than the Marshal, was able to rise to sort of a greater prominence as a Rav in terms of his influence. Although the Marshal, uh, everyone is scared of him because of his great mind and the great works that he produced. Uh, the Marshal, in fact, gives Musr to his cousin sometimes about uh, that he has a greater achrayas as as someone that's so respected. He has such a great achrayas for everything that he writes. But the marshal it, it, it carries a big bat. Um, those of you that have been coming to Shurim for me know that uh, when I see the marshal, I read there's something here. Rabbi Shomaluria, he to me is the equal of Rabbi Yosef Cairo in many ways, um, and, and in my mind was even a greater halachist than his cousin. So anyway, he says that. In his chuvas, he says, I can accept the idea of the Ramban 
that a, a, a woman who's had a baby, uh, you will you just give her food, but she needs to say she wants the food. And it could, because he says, why? Because Tishabov is not like a Darabon on itself. Tishabov lo tolu berotzu. It's not, oh, do they want to keep it or not keep it? The other holidays, when things started to crumble, when Bayashani clearly uh, started to tarnish, and it was obvious that this was not some glory period. And when the Tsarist started happening with the, with the Yavonim and later with the Romans, it was, Chazal issued a, a statement that maybe we should go back to fasting on those days. And this is really incredible because even though the Beis HaMikdash was standing, there was still an idea that we don't really have a geula. Now, but it depends. If the if the community feels that they are, let's say, in this day in the time of Shlomas Bastion, where uh, everything was great, it was a uh, it was a, um, a a very a period of peace and uh, an important woman figure that was inspiring people and everybody. So okay, so maybe they could decide we're not fasting. But Tishabov especially after the second Horban, there wasn't an option. Because Tisha B'Av has so much. The two Horbanos on the same day, especially once the second Horban occurs, it becomes something which is not like the other Tainesim. Now, I have to tell you something. When the Tainesim were Medivri Kabbalah, like during the period of, of Bavel, you fasted 24 hours for Asar Davis, and you fasted 24 hours for whatever it was, the 9th of Tammuz, or, you know, they, they, the date got a little bit uh, skewed. But because those Tainesim that are from clearly, they were full day Tainesim. Tishabov never lost that, the Marshal says. And even, again, there might have been a period that they were sort of happy and biased, Shani about Tishabov, but. Clearly, once the second Horban occurs, then it's no longer your decision. Well, we've decided to accept this fast. And therefore, he says that it's almost like Yom Kippur in that way. Now, obviously, if she says she needs to eat, then we will feed her. We're not going to maybe have her run through hoops and remind her that it's Tisha B'Av, but if, but not if she says nothing. So, now, the Kloisenberger Rebbe says, hmm, maybe this is why the Ramah says the Minag has been to be Machmir. The Marshal's attitude about what Tisha B'av is, being this, 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 this Tzome Divrei Kabbalah that never really was dependent on uh, do we want it or not, maybe that's the reason why the Minig uh, was that way. And that's the reason why the Marshal actually adds another caveat. And he says that even if she says she needs to eat, we she she should fast. It has to be combined with a sense of illness. She, so she has to be more ill than your typical woman who's given birth a couple of weeks ago. She has a specific problem today, a certain uh, sense of illness today, plus she's saying, I know I need to eat. So that, that is the Marshal's opinion. And, and the Klosenberger Rebbe is now conflating the Marshal and the Ramah together to present what had become the Minig Ashkenaz.
the Mogan Avram, although the Taz is hanging on to the Beis Yosef, and the Taz is going like the Ramban, um, the Mogan Avram brings that marshal. Um, the Lavush, who, it's interesting, was a student of the Ramah, also writes um, that uh, you should fast, right? And of course, the, the Lavush was, I've said this many times, became the, almost the premier work. It was the Mishnah Bura of its day. Uh, everybody learned Lavush uh, among the Ashkenazim. And that's why the Eliyahu Rabbah wrote on the Lavush. So the Lavush follows in step. Okay, I mentioned the Taz. The Taz uh, is out there saying, no, they shouldn't be fasting. No, the Ramban, they shouldn't be fasting a woman who's, who's, who's given birth. But we see already these this 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 um, the league of Ashkenazi Achronim are are and Poskim and some of them very close to the Rishonim are saying no, she fast unless it's really clear that she's not feeling well. The um, the Bach, who um, sometimes is the odd man out, uh, says that look, the Ramban. Quoted by the Beis Yosef is right. Even though, and again, clearly this is, he disagrees with the marshal. However, the minag has changed, the minag that, that he saw, remember, the Bach was a rov in 10 cities. <laughs> he knew everything that was going on in Brisk and all those towns that he was a rov in. And he says, yeah, the minag is for women to be fasting unless it's clear that they feel very weak. Um, and 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 and, um, and and right, but generally, women do fast. He admits that. Um, all right. Uh, what's interesting is again we have the Taz, and we also have um, the Tosus Yontif, Rabbi Yontif Lipman Heller. He says, "I know the Marshal has got this campaign." And it's interesting because the Toysus Yontif was very influenced by the Marshal. I think it might have been even in the Marshal's yeshiva. Uh, but the Yontif writes, Ain nirin divrei Marshal. I don't think the Marshal was right how Homer he's made Tishabov for uh, for these women. Um, yeah. Still, uh, clearly, I think he was the, that was one voice that was raised against the marshal. The other voice that was raised against the marshal, so again, if you, the Toysus Yontif, and the Shari Chuva quotes from a, and again, this comes from having money. <laughs> uh, the Shari Chuva was written um, by Rav Chaim uh, Margolius, who was, uh, who, but it's actually, this part was written by uh, Rabbi Ephraim Zalman Margolius. I think I've mentioned before the brothers. I know this is getting uh, not too much about Chassidus here up until now, but you know, it's sort of um, uh, it's hard not to comment when these names show up. I hope uh, I hope everybody appreciates the fact that that there's at least a little bit of mention about who's who and what's what. So the Shari Chuva, of course, is a is sort of like a uh, an omnibus of Sokim that were post the Shulchan Aruch and were from various Chuvas for him. 
Uh, it was the brainchild of the younger brother of Ephraim Zalman Margolis, who was one of the most prolific writers of the early 19th century, the, the base Ephraim, the Yad Ephraim, the Shah Ephraim, um, and, and, and other works that he wrote, uh, other smaller works. And of course, he was a very wealthy man. And uh, in many ways, he was considered one of the G'dayle Ador in terms of Psak, very, very uh, incredible uh, combination of talents. Um, and his younger brother, who was struggling, you know, in Rabbanus and other things, approached him and they, um, they, they hatched the idea of printing a version of the Shulchan Aruch, uh, which the, was funded by his older brother, the, the Beis Ephraim, Ephraim Zalmagoylis, which would uh, have uh, feature in it the work of Rav Chaim, which would collect chuvas. In this way, a person reading Shulchan Aruch would be able to see some of the great Jews. Many of you who might have a Dirshu edition of the Mishnah Bura uh, sort of do the same thing. If you have a Dirshu edition, uh, you can see Chuvas uh, are, are, are mentioned from modern day poskim. That's what the Shari Chuva was about, a place to find Chuvas farm. But you had to have the wherewithal and the wealth to be able to find all this stuff. Not everybody was able to. And... Um, uh, so Rabbi Ephraim, uh, unfortunately, uh, Rabbi Chaim died before, Rabbi Chaim Mordechai died before uh, he could finish the work, and it was basically finished by his brother. Uh, so when you see the Shari Tshuva, you're really seeing a work that, that, it, that, was, that, was, that was, it was financed and made possible and actually written by, in, some, in many cases, by Ephraim Zalman Margolius. So he brings a Chuvas Pnei Yeshua Ksaviyad. Now, maybe it's been printed already, but to have a manuscript of one of the great Rabbonim of the previous generation, Rabbi Shua Falk, uh, the Pnei Yeshua, uh, who was known as a Paisik, even though we know the Pnei Yeshua much as a, uh, as a commentary on, 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 on Gemaras. Every kid you know, knows the Pnei Yeshua's kashas uh, on the Gemaras, but he also wrote chuvas, and they weren't all available. But Margolius had it, and he 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 bequeathed it to us, at least in, in terms of the essence of what he says. And basically, yes, it's is a derabbanon. And remember, this isn't just we're talking about suffering nefashos here. Um, and therefore, uh, we should go again the taz. And, and we should not be asking questions and encouraging, we should not encourage our women uh, to be fasting. This Minig Ashkenaz uh, is, was seemed to be also, as you can see from the Kloisenberger, was also mentioned by the Sefer Dvar Shmuel. The Dvar Shmuel was Rav Shmuel of Uhav, who was one of the greatest postgim of Italy at that time. And uh, we know Italian Jewry generally had a much more liberal attitude. Uh, Shmuel Avuhav and others uh, were fighting against that. The, Shmuel Avuhav wrote a whole sefer about you know, how everyone in Italy is drinking stam yenum and, and, and not living up to the way they should, very much like you know, America uh, in the first part of the 20th century. But the Dvar Shmuel writes that uh, the way he sees it, he says that the Ramah's Minag has the Minig Ramah, the Minig Marshal, 
that is what women have been doing. Um, now, then he moves to the Sephardim. Okay, so he quotes here, and again, this is so um, logical the way he's working here. The Machzik Brach, of course, the Chidah, says like this. If she has been seen by the doctors, and the doctors say that she indeed is not, that she's been cured from her weakness, if the doctors tell us that she has not really healed, then or she's still weak, even ktsas, Um, in fact, in the, the Chido uh, corrects himself in the Kuntras Achron and says that even more than 30 days, if she is still weak, even on Tishabab, it could be two months, it could be three months, if she's still weak. And they say, no, she's still recovering. He doesn't say exactly what the what the doctors need to see. But if they say, yeah, she's still, she went through that labor, she went through that delivery, then we give her off even if she's three months away from Tisha B'Av. So I would say that the Kloiser, although the Kloiser packages it in one paragraph, we see that the Chidah representing uh, I guess more of the Sephardi world is really much more, although he saw what the Marshal had written, he saw the Levush, I'm sure, he was pushing things back towards the Beis Yosef based on the Ramban. Now, the Rav Chaim Chizkiyo de Silva, uh, the Rav Yerushalayim, I think one of the really, I, one of my favorites for him, the Pre-Chodosh, uh, says, okay, I basically agree that you don't send people in to check her out. You give her food. However, he says, if she is, if she tells us that she can do it, then we don't argue with her. If she really says, I know I'm strong, I can fast, then we allow her. So this is sort of a, a, a middle ground. Um, that, yeah, we're not going to discourage her from fasting if she wants to fast. And and he quotes here um, the, uh, the, the Mishnah Bura and the Kapachayim both quote the Tshuva Sefer Simla Spanyamin that indicate that the Ramban and the Shulchan Aruch is right, especially if she says, I really am hungry. And especially if you're talking about a tissue but not like this year, that gets pushed off to Sunday. All right. So that is where things lied. Um, so there already is some ability here with the Mishnah Brura. Um, you know, since he quotes this Sefer uh, to start the being Mako. However, here's where the Koizenberg Rebbe does something that surprised me. He quotes the Sefer, B'somim Rosh. Now, I know there's people out there who know when you hear this that your ears are going to already stand on edge. B'somim Rosh, that's a forgery, right? 
That's a sefer written by Tzvi Hersh Rav Shol Berlin. Rav Shol Berlin, the son of Rav Tzvi Hersh Berlin, who was the Rav, um, the uh, Rav of Berlin. And uh, his son foisted a forgery upon the world, saying that he'd found the manuscript of not only the Chuvis, old Chuvis of the Rosh, but uh, Biurim in those Chuvis that were written by um, this Yoyna ben Amitai, I think he calls him, uh, which is obviously a pseudonym. And, and, and those Biurim are called Kasa the Harsana. So the Bisomim Rosh was supposedly Chuvis of the Rosh that were undiscovered. Now, I've mentioned before that the Rosh even though he was in, in many ways the Paisek Adar. The Beis Yosef refers to him as a Paisek Mufak. The amount of actual response and material from the Rosh is minuscule compared to his older contemporary, the Rashba. And yet, you would have expected there to have, as someone who in many ways ruled Spain, he was someone that the Spaniards all recognized, the incredible gift Germany had given them. And as the Beis Yosef says, the halachas were following the rush everywhere. There isn't, again, there is, a, it's a nice safer, the, 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 the rush, but they, but they are nowhere near the, the, the thousands of chuvas that you have from the Rashba. And I guess... Could, could it be because the Rashba stayed put his whole life and had it written and the rush had to run around a lot? Yeah, that could be. Although, you know, again, he, you, would, you would think that even for the 15, 20 years or whatever it was, Alicia, that he was in, in, in Spain, that he was probably answering questions all the time. People were, you know, he was the Rava Toledo. Um, and you would have even expected to be more evidence of his, his getting involved with the, with the Rashba before the Rashba passed away. Um, and there's so little. Now you do have again the the, the Rush is a nice safer and and it's also written extremely um, unlike the Rashba who uh, gets into rhetorical flourishes and sometimes uh, sometimes spends a couple of pages. Most of the Chuvas of the Rush are much shorter. So when Shaul Berlin decided to uh, to foist the forgery, he figured, yeah, this will be something people are going to lap up. Here we've discovered more Chuvas from the Rush, and there are so many wild things there. Uh, that right away uh, in the beginning of the uh, 18th century or the end of the 17th and 18th century, uh, many, many people, Mordechai Banet and others, Sam Seifer, would, would called it, um, it's going to be called the Besomer Rosh, he called it the, the Koizvei Rosh, the, the lies, Ksovim uh, Rosh uh, or something with a Zion. And it's interesting that the Kloisenberger Rebbe quotes it. And here's what it says in this Sefer, supposedly from the Rush. Again, so remember, remember what happened. Ashkenaz, even before the time of the Marshal, already started to push back on this Ramban's Psak, and the people were fasting, and that was the Minog. There were voices that tried to push things towards the Sephardi way, but the Ashkenazi Minogim were predominantly to be fasting. So take a look at what this chuva wrote. Um, the rush, although it's not the rush, says, That's Rev. Meir Abalafia from Spain. Varamban. Vehem kedai lismoch aleim. 
Uh, again, the rush does not write that way. <laughs> the Ramban is Kedai to be Saimich. This is again. You could depend on this Ramban. Ella Sheba Ashkenaz Shechem Bale Koach Yoser Misanos. What happened was that Ashkenazim were of a stronger metal. They were just stronger bodied people. Now, again, this is like, yeah, where did that come from? Yeah, well, you know, those Germans, you know, those Nordic, right? They've, they've got that, the Aryans, right? Somehow the Germans, the, the ones that are living in Germany, they're just tougher. And therefore, what happened was they started saying, we can fast. Yeah, they looked around and they said, yeah, even though the halacha, the way it seems clear, should be not to fast. Yes, we are strong. And therefore, well, michu ben chachamim. And the Chachamim said, oh, okay, well, I let them fast already. Yeah, the people, the people have decided to fast. They're strong. They say they can do it. They want to, they want to, they want to donate for Tisha B'Av. <laughs> he says, I'm here in Spain now. I see these people are weak. And therefore, Now, that is supposedly the rush talking. Now, again, uh, I'm sure I gave the, the tshuva a little bit of, of, of spin the way I'm giving it over. But even if I had read it like um, like the robot in Lost in Space, you know, or actually he always got nervous. But you know what I'm saying. Even if I read it like Hal, the robot from 2001, I think everybody would have seen that this is, sounds a little strange, doesn't it? Okay, yeah, really this humor happened because the people wanted to do it and they were they were sort of stronger. So the rabbis let it go. Anyway, the the rush himself says, and for sure now we've gotten really weaker. Um, which means that we should stop people from fasting, because look how weak we've gotten. Now, once again, to me, this is. A, a bit of phony material that is basically saying we can't do this fasting stuff anymore. We're weak. Come on. We don't have the strength that they used to. And therefore, if you see people doing this, come on, well, you're ruining your body. Come on. We don't, we, we're not what we used to be. Okay. So if this would only be in the Bivsomim Rosh, I guess you could dismiss it. Although the, you know, he, the, 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 the Rebbe either made himself ignorant of the controversy around the work, but then he quotes the Aruch HaShulchan, right? The Gon of Navardic from Lita. Is it true that the Raman and the Ramban say this? No, no, oh, oh, oh. they don't say this at all. Basically, this is all this is all you know forged material, Alicia. You know, and, and and again, of everything we've read on these two columns, this is the part that should should give you pause. Now, it's interesting that the Aruch Hashulchan, who was we know a real personage and one of the you know if you if you if you believe my friend Michael Broyd was one of the great great poskim of 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 his time. I'm, I'm not taking anything away from his from his sefer and the type of significance that he had. But the Rachashulchan writes that which is the Marshal, as we saw, the Taz disagrees with that, as well as the Tosis Yontif. They say we shouldn't accept the Marshal. And then he says, almost 
similar, eerily similar to the Besamim Rosh, the Rosh HaSholchan. Ulai zeu biyameyem shadoyres hayubriyim vechazokim. Avol achshov chalila lahayeledes lisanos petishim avtoich lamen. Ki adayin chalushachi v'imamish kechola. Don't let them fast. Now, did the Orach HaShulchan see the B'Samim Rosh? Was he influenced by the B'Samim Rosh? But here we see, uh, again, this very kav to be meiko, that we are weak. Now, Koisenberger then puts it together and says, what really comes out is, is that, you know, it sounds like you should be machmir, uh, based on the strength of the Ashkenaz minag. But even in the Ashkenazi places, over the last century and a half, or they have they have sort of thrown in the towel because they're not as strong as they used to be. Let's assume the fiction that the rush the pseudo-Rosh said, that they thought they were stronger, but now we see that we're really weaker. We can't take things anymore. Now, I have to tell you that this idea of chushas adairis, you find in a number of places, in terms of standing for the whole davening, in terms of, of many, many places. Again, whether it's the psokim that Rav Henkin gave, in terms of people being istinism during the nine days, there's, there is a lot of this idea that has been uh, bandied about and used uh, probably correctly, that we don't have the strength of the Deiris HaKadmeinim, and, and, and that's in terms of, 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 of halachas, even in terms of Yom Kippur, that we can't expect our children to fast the way they used to. There's a chush of the There's we're weaker than we used to be. And and sometimes you see this uh, amplified by the by the statement, because of all that saris we've gone through, because of all the tiltulim that we've went through, we've become this weak, shvach people, right? The Jews, right? We're we're weak and we're shvach and we're, you know, we're bent over and we're and we're all myopic and we wear glasses and you know, we're all like wally cocks. Okay. So you do see this mentioned. And uh, you I would have expected at this point for the Kloisenberger to say. All right, so therefore we should be makel on tainesim and be makel especially for women who've who've had a baby. But he says venira ledina though, the bismanenu nishtana har bemismanayim. That even though what our Hashulchan wrote in the beginning of the twentieth century, eighty years later, things have changed. Sheyeledis chayisek achaylosh yesh beisakana. Even 80 years earlier, the turn of the century, in the 1890s even, right? Definitely in the time of uh, the Ramban, but even during the period of the Taz and the others who wanted to be Mekel and the Taisus Yontif, a woman who was had a baby, she, Mamish, was a Chayoshish for a number of days, really. Like the Shulchan Aruch says, seven days after she, right, she, for the first three days, no matter what she says, you feed her on Yom Kippur. Having a baby? Oh, that was dangerous. You never know what's going to happen, right? right? It isn't just, oh, get some towels, right? <laughs> right? Get some towels and boil some water. Right? 
Medicine has made great strides in the last 80 years. Medicines have made incredible strides in terms of, uh, of maternity care. We take a look. Go to the maternity wards. They're able to walk like everybody else within a day. They're walking around. And we see that they're actually, look, a couple of days, yeah, I feel great. They put you in the wheelchair until you get out of the hospital, but yeah. So, so the Kloisenberg takes a turn the other way. And he says, no, we can't be and just say, yeah, we're all chusha today. We're all so shvach, you know. And, and who knew more about the, the shvachkeit than the Kloisenberger who was tortured and beaten, who saw, you know, if anybody saw the tiltulim of the Jewish people, it was him. But he said, you know what? The reality is I go, I know what's going on. And I know that women are, they have a baby. Okay, you have difficult cases. Like he says, he says, l'katchila im isolator regila baliki if basically it was not a tough labor. And it's not like she lost so much blood and she's bleeding terribly and doctors, what can we do? Let's get a clamp. Oh, we need a transfusion. If, if it's a normal type of, of, of labor, and again, I don't know the, the percentages, but I would say, let's say like 70% of them are, I guess, I don't know, I'm probably, I, I don't know, 65, 70% of the labor, especially of a younger person. So, so, after seven days, she should fast. Now, again, if she's really more than more than saying, oh, you know, I'm still weak. She's got to be clearly, visibly weaker. So he's actually being more machmer than some of the poskim of, of, of the of the generations that he was quoting, who said, well, you know, if she has a okay, then maybe she should eat. No, it's got to be and if that's true, we say, look, you're a chayla, a chayla, and that's the, the same way a chayla on Shabbos, we are matir derabonans. Again, I understand that Marshall says it might be more than just a regular derabonan, okay, but you've got to reach that barrier, you've got to reach that bar. And then he says this. Here's the second thing that blew me away, sort of. V'nenesi shebarach Hashem kivanti lehaemes. What's the kavanti lehaemes? Did he find a rishon? Is that what happened? Shaharoifim amumchem shebebeit cholim lanyado bikiryatzans, which is where my oldest daughter was born, my oldest granddaughter was born. Bimachleket nashim veyodot. So the doctors who are the the, the specialists at at lanyado hospital in Sans in Netanya, in the maternity ward. Heidu, they came and said, Shalachavis Daitam, according to the way they see it, Isha Muberes Lisanos Kosha Harbe. If she's pregnant, that's tough on Tishabov to tell her to try to fast. Much more than someone who's had the baby already. And therefore, I thought this was something. Now, let me explain something here, that this hospital was the project, the pet project of the Kloisenberger Rebbe. I don't know if any of you have been to Netanya or, or seen the hospital, seen pictures of it. 
It's got it's received some upgrades, but for years it was ashamed of her. You know, when the Kloiserberg came to Eretz Yisrael, he recognized that the medical uh, facilities there were geferlach, that there was an important need as more people were coming for there to be hospitals of the highest rank. And the, the, he worked tirelessly. Uh, and of course, Kiryat Sanz is right outside of Netanya. Uh, and Sanz is, of course, where he uh, he's a descendant of Chaim Tzanzer. And uh, in fact, he was known as the Tzanzer Rebbe, the Tzanzer. He wasn't known as Kloisenberg there. And therefore, the Kiryat is Kiryat Sanz. And this was the hospital that he was so involved in, that he uh, used all his personal energies to get built. Which itself, I think, needs to needs to be celebrated. You know, he wasn't just okay. Nebuch has to go to the hospital. No, he's going to actually create the hospitals, and he's going to make sure that the hospitals are a place that that from people are going to be able to be serviced and are going to feel comfortable. And he's going to make sure that it's going to be staffed by doctors who who have Yiras Hashem, who understand. Maybe they they aren't all. Uh, of the highest level of Shmir Samitsis, but at least sensitive understanding. This was an incredible off to. You know, it wasn't just some gamach or kupat cholim. This was in its time, it was considered, you know, it was considered cutting edge, this hospital. And the Kloisenberger Rebbe, like other Rabbonim and Paiskim, yeah. And he says, I am so happy that I was machaven to what? What was he machaven to? Not a shtickle taira. He was machaven to a medical reality that the doctors also confirmed for him that you can be machmir, that he had a right to actually issue a psak going against the Ukraine uh, to be machmir on a Yoletis Achar Haleda. Ubiikr, Toli Lamatsev Abrius Haproti, Shal Yoletis, Lafi Rose Ene Aroife. And obviously, it really depends on. Um, uh, what she, what's really going on? What the doctors say? But, but in general, this should be the Hanhoka. So this is, as I said, a, um, a, 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 I believe, a. I wouldn't say it's typical, but I would say it's 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 a a a, a psak that is filled with the, with the wisdom, and understanding of source analysis, but also ready to, despite the heart and soul that you see from the Aruch HaShulchan, ready to, to, to combat that with what we know is the reality. And the reality is really needs to be the thing that, uh, that governs our lives. And in this way, you know, halacha is not a chuk of etzula. And, 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 and we, should, we should, in a way, um, uh, you know, relish the fact that these paiskim, you know, yes, machmer, yes, avasisro, yes, but it has to jive with, you know, the medical reality that presents itself. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode. 